Good morning, good morning, good morning. How are you, my friend? How are you, my friend? Welcome. This is the Breakfast with Champions podcast, one of the most unique, amazing, and powerful podcasts you'll ever come across in your entire life. Listen, we bring you motivation, education, and inspiration, and ultimately give you an opportunity to get a seat at the table, to hang out with some of those that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. What makes this podcast so unique and incredible is we have over a hundred different thought leaders that are constantly delivering amazing, over-the-top, powerful, and impactful content in bite-sized nuggets that you can absorb, take action on, and implement in your life. So with that said, make sure you filter through. There's going to be some of these thought leaders, these experts in their industries that you're ultimately gonna connect with. You're gonna totally, totally resonate. It's gonna totally be your vibe. And then there's gonna be other ones that you're gonna be like, eh, you know what? I like them, but I don't know if I love them. And that's what's great about Breakfast with Champions is we have something for everyone. So make sure you sift through, find the ones that you love, and know that they'll be coming back every single week to be able to deliver to you the motivation and education and inspiration that you need. With that said, my name is Glenn Lundy. I am your host. Super excited to connect with you. And let's kick off today's episode of Breakfast with Champions. Uh, and you are correct. This is the social media show. We are under the Breakfast with Champions, the Millionaire Breakfast Club. And what happens Monday through Friday from the 11 a.m. segment to 1, <clears throat> excuse me, to 1 p.m. is we come in and take over as the social media show. And we bring you tips and tricks on how to navigate your social media, whether it comes to the mind, getting your mindset right around social media or how to actually navigate your social media. So today I am going to be giving you some top breaking news as far as social media goes, things you need to know to stay in the know when it comes to social media. So just a reminder, you are in the Breakfast of Champions, the Millionaire Breakfast Club. We are here to bring you motivation, education, and inspiration from 5 a.m. to 8 p.m. on Eastern Standard Time, Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to noon on Saturday. And then, of course, we have our worship service on Sunday, Club 111. And if you ever miss a segment or if you want to go back and re-listen to TM segment because it was amazing, uh, you want to download the Breakfast with Champions podcast and you can listen anytime. So if you head over to breakfastwithchampions.live, so once again, that's breakfastwithchampions.live, you can grab the link to subscribe to the podcast and see everything else that's going on. We have Facebook pages, LinkedIn pages, Twitters, Instagram. So follow us wherever you are, and we're happy to stay continually connected with you all. So like I said, this is the social media show. Today, we talk about tactics, we talk about tech updates, we talk about trending social media news. So I'm going to jump right in. If this is your first time in a segment with me, I like to give about, I think today we have about seven tips on social media, what's going on in the social media world. And then I love to engage the audience and just find out what you think that's going to do for your business, 
for your personal use of social media or what you think that means as far as the platforms are concerned. So first off, I'm going to talk about Facebook. So Facebook is bringing music and gaming together. For those of you who didn't know, there is a whole gaming community on Facebook um, that is allowing people to live stream their gaming. And now they are pairing them with uh, inspire or big DJs. So there's big, uh, big collaboration that's happening between gaming and music. Now those are both massive, massive communities. And the fact that they're bringing that collaboration together is making me think that they're really pushing to try to keep people on that platform and build out that community. So I w they're doing something called the hashtag play loud, which is a series of loud, uh, live events that pair with renowned DJs. Uh, with their gaming creators. This allows everyone from the partner and the level up creator to play bound background music while they're live streaming. So I would love to hear what you all think. And I see our buddy Grant is here. Hello, Grant. I would love to hear what you have to say about the fact that Facebook is really pushing to get people on that on their app to stay on for longer and to build out those communities by bringing the gaming community and the music and DJ community together. So Grant would love to know if you have any uh, thoughts on that. And Grant may be out there crushing the world. So anybody else want to comment on these strides that Facebook is doing to try to keep people on their app, building community and building those really tight knit relationships? I like to chime in, uh, Kelsey. How you doing? Can you this hear me? Is perfect in our musical creator. Absolutely. So, how how's my audio first and foremost? I'm outside, so we hear you. To... Okay, perfect. You're good. Um, so, like, whenever I think of, I've I've been trying to, and hello, my name is Tony with the keys. I love music and I love gaming and all of that, and so um, I've tried to to stream my music creation on on Facebook in the past and uh, there's not like a section for it there hasn't been a section for it it's either just been gaming or you have to just do a live video so uh, with with like uh, big companies like Twitch um, like YouTube live where where you have uh, artists and you have producers uh, who are who are in music creation and then being able to like in DJs who have huge massive followings where people are spending like Twitch is really sticky because especially with the music area, just because you have so like it, it like the music stuff can go on for so long. You have like full throttle clubs, you have beat production, um, you have uh, events where people where artists are coming out and 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 you know hosting events. Uh, it's it's just sticky. It, it, you you're on the app at least two to three hours um, if it's entertaining. And so I think that that's what it, what what the play is is really to combat all of these other social media platforms. And uh, Facebook is really good at doing that and, and taking something that they see and, and being first to market to, to pair things together. So I think it's a good pairing. I'm looking forward to it uh, as a music creator um, to be in, inside of that space. Tony with the keys, I'm locked in. Awesome, Tony with the keys. And I totally agree. And I love that you brought up that stickiness because that's the point of these platforms, right? They are essentially data collection agencies. So the more you're on their app, 
the more information they can get about you, the more they can serve you ads. So now they are adding two huge communities together where maybe you are a big DJ fan and you find that this DJ is being featured on a live stream for gaming. And you could be a gamer, but maybe not big in the gaming community. Now you find yourself hours on end watching this person play video games, which there are people who have live for three plus hours, but then you also get to listen to your favorite DJ. Um, and they are pairing some big ones up like DJ Khaled is playing with one of them um, and a couple other big names. So I think that it's great for both communities, the gaming community, as well as the music community, because you're going to be able to cross promote with different types of audiences. And it's going to be amazing for people who are trying to break in uh, that maybe have some really quality music where they can approach these gamers and say, hey, let me live DJ your playing. And I think that the opportunity for collaboration and cross promotion is absolutely phenomenal. And definitely agree with the stickiness that you can, you know, how many times have you gotten lost on YouTube and you went to Google how to fix a pipe and then you end up with cat videos, right? So um, definitely totally agree on that. Tony with the key, thank you so much for weighing in on that. Does anybody else have any thoughts on the, the collaboration between the two? All right, going once, going twice. All right, so we're gonna move on. Uh, to my next topic, which me, which is also geared towards Facebook and the community they are trying to create. So in addition to having their gaming community, they are now starting fantasy games on Facebook. This is going to be rolled out in the U.S. and Canada. Uh, it's going to be for iOS and Android, so no worries for my Android users out there. And they say that it's Facebook fantasy games are free, simple prediction games that help fans enjoy sports, TV shows, and pop culture content. So I would actually like to take a little bit of a poll right now. So I'm going to turn hand raising off. But I would love to see uh, anybody on stage flash your mic. And now I'm going to open hand raising. If you have ever been part of some type of fantasy league, whether it's fantasy football, fantasy tennis, whatever it is, I would love for you to flash your mic and raise your hand at this time. Don't worry, I won't bring you up. But I would just love to see how many people actually engage with those fantasy style um, programs. Oh, okay, I was gonna say nobody. We have a few people with hand raising. Anyway, fantasy football, anything like that. Okay. Awesome. Fantasy tennis. <laughs> fantasy tennis. There's fantasy everything, believe it or not. I know, Kelsey, right? <laughs> I'm I'm worried about you, Kelsey. <laughs> Well, what Fantasy they do is they'll predict, they will predict who's going to win um, and by how much. So that's kind of what it's, it's more of like a gambling thing. But it's very interesting because Facebook is now doing this for sports, TV shows, and pop, pop culture. So you think I'm crazy, David. They're having fantasy survivors. Yeah, you're not. You, hey, if, if Facebook is doing it for 2 billion people, you're not that crazy, Kelsey. <laughs> right? That's what I'm saying, David. <laughs> um, so they're doing actually fantasy survivors. So everybody who watches Survivor can tap into that. They can weigh in on who they think is going to win. They're also doing MLB home run picks. They're doing fantasy The Bachelorette. So if you watch The Bachelorette, you can 
hop on Facebook and join a community where you predict who's going to get that rose. Um, and then they're also doing La Liga winning streak, uh, which is soccer. So you can guess who is going to go on a winning streak. So that is going to be rolling out. Now, once again, we're talking about creating communities on these platforms. And this is another uh, community style feature that Facebook has added into their platform in order to, once again, find out what best serves you. So I would love to hear from some people on the panel. We obviously know David's not doing fantasy tennis, but I would love to hear if anybody- I'm not doing fantasy anything, my friend. I don't, hey, listen, I love the people that do it. I actually, you know, I probably have a little bit of virtual FOMO. Uh, Kelsey, I just honestly, man, how they pull that off and how they have the time to do it is, man, it's fascinating to me. Yeah, I totally agree, which is why I think this feature. So lucky. Oh. oh, sorry. I think we lost David a bit. Um, yeah, I totally agree. And I think that's why this feature on Facebook is so interesting because anybody who was maybe interested in joining some type of fantasy league but didn't know how to set it up, how to join one, whatever it is, you can now find like-minded people uh, who enjoy the same things like Survivor or Baseball or The Bachelorette. Um, so I would love to hear if anybody on stage will be tapping into these features, what they think about them. Is it crazy? Is it smart? Would love to hear some feedback from you all. Hey, Kelsey, Bernita Adele tapping in. Hey, Miss America's favorite hot sauce. Come on, Kelsey. <laughs> I like, thank you for keeping it going. It makes that, me inspired. Um, but uh, a couple things just came to mind, and, and David just talked about where is the time. The first thing that, that came to mind is like, there's the social aspect of these groups, or uh, I mean, the these fantasy uh, teams, but then the first thing that came to mind was like, how could I use this to get a better understanding of my community and the people that I want to reach? And I think with anything else, if we're going to go into spaces, even if they are fantasy ones, and I have had my periods of time where I was pretty obsessed with The Bachelorette, <laughs> I like shout out to Rachel a couple years, couple years ago. But it's like, if I think about it from the standpoint of like, how can I get to know my community better or the community that I want to serve better? Uh, something like this could be really incredibly, um, uh, uh, present an incredible opportunity because there is the social part of it. But I also find a lot of times in social settings, that's when people kind of put their hair down and that's when they'll really tell tell you like what, their needs are as well. So mm -hmm. I think from that perspective, here there could be an opportunity to maximize our time. Cause I definitely, I'm here with David where, and I've run rooms here on Clubhouse on Thursday morning about maximizing our time here and our productivity right here on Clubhouse. But I think for as all these new spaces are opening, we all have to assess like what makes sense, but then there could be opportunities to get to know the communities that we want to serve better. So those are my thoughts, Kelsey, Bernita done speaking. 
Thank you, Vernita. Yeah, that's a really great point. And I think in addition to tapping into those communities that are being built and kind of doing some social listening so you can get the temperature of the market, you're also, we also have to keep in mind that Facebook is going to continue to collect data of all of these people who are joining these communities, who are watching these um, these different shows and are participating in these fantasy leagues, right? So they are going to continue to collect data. Oops, David, I'm just going to grab you. Um, they're going to continue to collect data, and therefore, if you're running paid advertising, that data is going to be in there, whether it's on Facebook or Instagram or both. They're still going to have that information that is being spoken about within these groups. So even if you don't have the time to sit there on, I don't know when The Bachelorette runs, but whatever night The Bachelorette goes on and to sit there and to listen how um, how the conversations are flowing and who, who wants who to win and you know who's talking about who's wearing what and all of these these things that are happening within these community groups, you're still going to be able to tap in to that information via paid advertising. So for me, and this, I kind of wanted to see what everyone thought about first before I tapped in with, um, with my kind of thought process. For me, I'm thinking it is a huge play between the, the live stream and the the video and music that I spoke about previously and now having this fantasy option these are all things where you are willingly telling Facebook what it is that you enjoy what it is that you like what you want to consume and therefore they're going to take that information and better be able to serve you ads because we all know that the API the new iOS update with Facebook ads are blocking a bit of the targeting features. So with that being said, I see these as Facebook's play to try to organically capture that information as opposed to taking it from you liking and commenting and things like that, checking in places. If you opted out for Facebook to no longer collect your data, you joining these groups are therefore a way for them to see, okay, this is happening on our platform. This is our data that is on our platform, as Brooke talks about, and therefore can serve you ads. So um, that's my thought on it. Would love to hear if anybody else wants to tap in or has thoughts on that. Kelsey, I think you nailed it. Um, iOS 14 changed everything uh, when it came to being able to leverage data and behavioral data uh, specifically. So, you know, that's changing the game. Facebook is uh, brilliantly evil. Uh, smart um, to do this because it now is their own uh, data pool. It forces people to opt in if they want to play. It takes advantage of people's, uh, what we've seen has been an ongoing, just, you know, a general compulsion. Uh, we've seen that the data that people are spending an average of, I think it's last I looked, 4.33 hours per day. Uh, on their on their phones, they also spending uh, a similar amount of time streaming. So, you know, why not combine the two and now start to get people? If it wasn't enough to get us addicted to being on one device, how about getting us on two devices simultaneously? Because Facebook's also smart enough to know that if you're sitting there watching The Bachelorette or Survivor or something else, you're probably less likely 
to be as engaged or engaged at all on their platform. And by doing this, they basically are marrying the two and, and basically allowing somebody or, or um, maybe better said, um, I won't say coercing them, but nudging them to pull out their phone and use their phone as a way of becoming or feeling interactive with whatever they're watching. And at the same time, interactive with whatever community uh, that happens to be on there. So I think like everything else, it's a double-edged sword. I think there's going to be some great things about it. Um, advertisers are going to be able to easily find targeted audiences as a result of this. And that's probably a good thing, uh, those advertisers would say. People being able to reach a community uh, for personal reasons, that's probably a good thing. But, you know, it, this is, you said it earlier, this is simply about one thing and it's a data play and, and that's, that's it. So um, I think it's a really, really interesting play. I think it's brilliant for any of us who've seen um, The Social Dilemma. If you haven't, uh, you should watch it. It's fascinating, especially the fact that the very people that invented uh, social media, the like button and everything else, neither use the platforms themselves or let their kids use them <laughs> because they know how damn effective they are. So I think from a marketer's perspective, advertiser's perspective, somebody looking for another community or a deeper community, you know, I think if it's used correctly, I think it could be some really good things about that. Yeah, I totally, <clears throat> excuse me, agree, David. And, you know, we didn't even touch on the fact that I'm sure once this happens, they are going to start doing um, in that specific part of the app, they're going to start having sponsored ads and paid advertising. Um, and the thing about, you know, what we're talking about here, creating that sense of community of now it's almost like they had, Facebook had watch party, right? Where you, they invited you to watch, um, on, online videos with your friends. So what they're doing now is taking that idea and rolling it into something that people already watch. So now, if you normally sit on a couch with a glass of wine and watch The Bachelorette, you now have an entire community to do that with. You have all of these people and it will create that sense of FOMO of, oh, I'm sitting here. I don't have to sit here by myself. I can join in on a conversation, say, oh my God, did you see that? Blah, 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 you know, so on and so forth. So I think that, you know, creating that sense of community and driving that forward is going to be the draw. Uh, so would love to hear if anybody else wants to weigh in. Kelsey, Google, Google, uh, one more thing. You remember Google House Party? Yes, I do. That, so, I mean, you know, Google House Party was, you know, yet another, you know, miserable failure, swing and a miss on, uh, and, um, and Facebook Watch, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't surmise that it was, you know, wildly successful uh, at all. But I, I think it's brilliant. You know, are people more likely to watch Facebook uh, Watch through there? Are they more likely to? Why not? Why not do something where and allow people to engage you where they already are, where they already want to be? If it's baseball, football, basketball, soccer. Uh, survivor, whatever it might be, they're already there. So I, I think it's, like I said, I think it's brilliant for those people that are able to use this as a tool. It's brilliant for those people that already have issues being a little bit more compul too compulsive and spending too much time on their devices. It's, 
it's probably going to make them, you know, struggle even more with, with uh, efficiency or time or productivity. I was just saying, David's telling the truth. But I, I'm sorry, Bernita tapping back in. The one last thing I was going to say, Kelsey, you did talk about um, community conversations, and we've seen that a lot here on Clubhouse. It just made me think of um, it's New York Fashion Week, and there's so much virtually now, so much. I mean, the transition over the last 10 years has been crazy where, you know, Fashion Week used to be this very exclusive thing that, sorry, just a horn in Brooklyn. Um, where you have to be basically a buyer, an editor, someone within the industry to get invited to a show and you go see it in person. Um, then if you were not at that show, you wait for the photographers and the video to come out afterwards. The transition over the last year or the last few years has been, you know, more and more designers showing in real time. You can log on to a website if you're not there in person. But now the pandemic has exploded Fashion Week, where like everything is at minimum hybrid. Might still have a, I mean, might still have a in-person component, but everyone expects virtual. And then when you take it to the live stream, now we want to have real-time on offline conversations with that. So for Harlem's Fashion Road, that was the, you know, 14th anniversary was on Tuesday night. I held a room here on Clubhouse, and so many people tapped in. We were all watching the same live stream but could have real-time conversation about those uh, fashion designers of color. And so when I think about, you know, what David is saying is that now what I could have done in isolation, whether it's watching The Bachelor or watching this fashion show or Fashion Week, I could do it with community and, and talk with people and get their feedback. And so that can be, that is very powerful. And I think, again, I will always say the timing of the launch of Clubhouse in the pandemic was certainly a huge part to this app's success. People want to be in community. Vernita does speaking. What David said was bang on. Do you mind if I jump in for a quick second, Kelsey? No, of course. Go for it, Justin. I mean, it tails into the topic we had this morning about owning your audience, right, and owning your platform. The social dilemma and everything Dave said is 100% bang on. I look at it this way, right, is you look at companies like Amazon and Facebook and Google, and they're scaling profit, right? That's what they're in the business of doing. I look at groups like this, and I look at my organization, and we're trying to scale people. Two very, very different things, and in my opinion, they can't compete with us because people are the product at the end of the day. I think one tangible thing and practical thing you can do is start creating micro niches of the interests that you have. For example, I have very concise lists in my CRM as well as Instagram group chats. And I also have a texting app called Community where I can go in and I can send something valuable to say my real estate community. I also spend a lot of time with YouTubers in that space because I'm obsessed with that right now. I also spend time with people like this in this room that are into self-development and business and high-level entrepreneurship, but I compartmentalize my lists and I over-deliver value to those people. And I think that's one thing that everybody can do here. I look at Bernita, I look at Kelsey, David, Brooke, Alexander, Nate, David. Like there's so much proximity here to so many amazing groups of people. I think the power is going back to the hands of the people where we manage our micro communities. And it's almost like we have our own little Navy SEAL teams running around the world where these large, slow organizations can't keep up with the speed. So that's one way that you can do it is be thoughtful about tagging and organizing the groups and niches that you're involved in, but not from a spamming perspective. It's a very, very 
targeted and value-driven approach to community. I'm Dustin and I'm done speaking. Thank you for that, Justin. Yeah, oh, go ahead, David, did you wanna respond? Yeah, I, well, first of all, I wanna thank Justin for saying that I'm bang on because I don't know that I've ever been bang on anything before. <laughs> so uh, anything I can do to remain relevant in this world uh, is an awesome thing, Justin. I appreciate that, and and I will in return say the same thing. You're bang. I, I what I think, and I'll say this to Kelsey and Justin. I think it's going to be really interesting. The more I think about it, because um, you know what Vernita brought up. Um, you know, the pandemic forced uh, that live streaming for Fashion Week, and and Fashion Week was beyond exclusive. I mean, it was so exclusive. Uh, you were so on the outside looking in if you didn't know anybody to have access. At that time, I did have access, fortunately, through uh, Mercedes-Benz, through my affiliation with Mercedes-Benz, because they sponsored it. But otherwise, it was just a really, all in all, a really small group of people, small community. Um, and when you think about it now, it's absolutely insane that somebody pre-pandemic didn't say, why would we not open this up and stream it live and get all those people that are so into fashion? And fashion creates in and of itself a community. Everybody I know, uh, I know, I think everybody on here knows somebody who somehow, some way loves something about fashion, talks about fashion with their friends, uh, and some of them talk about it somewhat, and some of them talk about it all the time. And so why not allow access to those people, which in turn is going to multiply your, amplify your message so many more times, get people excited about what's coming next. With what Steve Jobs did so brilliantly, which he doesn't oftentimes get enough credit for, we know that he revolutionized music, revolutionized the phone, revolutionized uh, pictures, revolutionized uh, media and things of that nature. But you know what he really revolutionized? He revolutionized desire because nobody needs a new iPhone every year. Nobody. And yet people will stand in line this year for the iPhone 13 who have a perfectly good functioning iPhone 12 and I, or iPhone 11. And so, you know, Fashion Week, why why would they not stream it out there? It makes all the sense of the world. So that's just one comment. But back to you, Justin, what he was saying, Justin, I really believe, and Kelsey, I'd love to hear from you too. I think the the very creative, you talked about community and you talked about YouTube. I think there's going to be some very creative people and creative companies that, for lack of a better term, hijack or create almost a host parasite relationship with this new feature from Facebook. Because why can't I, if I'm, if I'm a small business, why can't I start to promote that I'm going to be on uh, this new Facebook feature? And why don't you join me in this community, whether I'm a salon or whether I'm a boutique or whether I'm a, a technology player, or whether I'm an outdoor enthusiast and so I follow uh, uh, Survivor or whether I'm a sports enthusiast. I think it's gonna be really interesting the more I think about this. I love it, love it. Well, I was going to say, David, Bernita speaking, that, well, one, I was like, we still have, we have so many paths that we have crossed. I have been, I've done many of the productions or backstage at many shows for Mercedes-Benz Fashion Week back in the day. 
Um, and then also the, the you made me think of one more thing is that there's also so much competition. So the community aspect, because even for television, I mean, even for television, if you're going to be watching The Bachelorette, there's like so many other things and so many other mediums you could be watching. But with this explosion of virtual New York Fashion Week, you almost don't even know where to turn. There's like, as I said, fashion shows, panels, fashion conferences, the Fashion Innovation Conferences today. And there's so much content going out now that it's you really have to be very thoughtful about where you're going to put your time and attention. There's no way that you can absorb it all. I believe in, I'm going to an um, an in-person Fashion Week event tomorrow here in New York City. And so it's almost like you have FOMO if you're not constantly glued to your phone. But we know we can't get anything done in real life if we're constantly chained to our devices. So being thoughtful, um, I like to go through the schedule and see what I'm going to pick and choose to participate in because you'll you'll overload if you try to do it all. That's my that's my last thought, Vernita Dunspeaker, for the moment. So, Vernita, I love that you brought up Fashion Week, actually, because I wasn't going to bring this up, but since you brought it up, now I'm going to bring it up. So, TikTok's actually hopping on the Fashion Week uh, Fashion Week craze. So, they have hashtag TikTok Fashion Month, where they've chosen about 10 creators to highlight them. But then they're also adding um, events on TikTok. So, things like Get Ready With Me or Coffee Break with Glow Recipe that has different um, types of skincare. Uh, Glam with Hourglass and Tatcha. Um, and then also they're adding new creative effects like Rate My Outfit and Aesthetics Challenge. And then they're trying out, which they've done um, several tests of, but they're doing live stream shopping showcase events. And this is all because of Fashion Week um, and where they're having promoted tiles, different showcase tiles where you can actually start shopping via live stream on TikTok. So I think that this is a huge push forward when it comes to tapping into those different communities and pulling them onto these platforms. So we'd love uh, to hear what you have to think about that. Hey, this is Alexander. Can you guys hear me? Um, I'm in the grocery store. Yes, we can. Okay, awesome. We were wondering where you were, Alexander. You know what, David? I was a little tardy. But thank you. A little tardy for the party. But listen, you know, you actually brought up a really great point. And I think, you know, why the exclusivity in the past? And I think we, I think we saw that in a lot of different areas in life. And we see that being torn down. And I think that in the past, it's this old antiquated mentality that, you know, wealth and riches is for the elite. And really, you know, Patrick Bet David said it on this stage. There's never been an easier time to become a millionaire than now. And now we're seeing the Forbes list of billionaires, the Forbes, you know, uh, growing when we were, I mean, I remember, I've always loved those Forbes lists. I remember when that list barely had 20 people on it <laughs> and now it's, it's ridiculous. Um, you know, we're seeing wealth like never before. And so what used to be considered elite, what used to be for a select few is now opened up to more. And the reality is, is if you stay in that antiquated mentality, you're missing out on a very young very intelligent, very well, you know, pocketed individual ready to spend money. And um, I think that we're seeing a shift like never before. And I think that because of that, what Facebook is doing, because let's face it, 
the, the generation right now in high school, early college does not use Facebook. In fact, it's like old, you know what I'm saying to them? That's like, that's like mom and dad's thing. And so they are now trying to grasp at a very rich, very intelligent, very risk-taking generation um, and seeing, you know, how can we capture them back in and how we can we maximize on this at the end of the day for Zuckerberg's pocket. But, you know, I'm not mad at it at the end of the day. He's, he's intelligent. Like you said, he's, a, he's brilliant. He is brilliantly evil, but brilliant at the end of the day. This is Alexander, and I'm done speaking. Thank you, Alexander. Go ahead, Bernita. No, no, actually, I love what um, Alexander just said about Zuckerberg being brilliantly evil. I mean, what can I say? The, the masterfulness of the Facebook addi addiction, when Facebook first came out, and I'm, I'm the Facebook generation, I'm the same age as Mark Zuckerberg. Um, I was at Cornell University in 2003 when we got it, and it was like instant, uh, it was just like instant Facebook addiction. Um, but I was just going to say to your point, Kelsey, I loved everything you shared about what's happening on TikTok. And I'm like, I have got to um, get in there. I love, love, love the rate your outfit. And that is what makes uh, things like Fashion Week so powerful is that it's like, it's not just the runway. It's not just the designers. It's not just the models. It's the people who engage, who consume, who comment, who participate, um, who set, who pull out the trends because this is one piece. What happens after Fashion Week is that traditionally the editors start going in and identifying, well, what were the trends that came out? You look at all the designers that show, what were the, you know, most popular colors? What do we expect for, you know, is it going to be textured? Is it going to be color blocking? Like whatever that is, we start seeing to, to pull out the trends. So it's interesting now that we have platforms like, you know, TikTok, that are really deep diving, it makes that process of deciding what the market is going to gravitate towards, even it's no longer just in the hands of the editors to decide what is the hottest fashion. It becomes a more democratic and consumer-driven conversation about what, you know, what people want and uh, and I also the last thing I will say is that with that comes I think a greater consciousness to Alexander's point about the new generation, the the next generation Gen Z and beyond they are looking for sustainability they are looking for um, an understanding around the the impact I'm personally am very passionate about closing the gap between fashion and climate change which the fashion industry is the second largest pollutant on this planet behind the oil industry. And um, that is the, the live streaming, just as much as it's showcasing the fashion and the designers, it's also showcasing brands' commitment to sustainability and having a positive impact on this earth. And people are looking for that. So those are the, I'd love that TikTok is like, it's doing a great thing. Bernita done speaking for the moment. Hey, Bernita. You. Kelsey, can I weigh in on what Bernita just said? Of course. Because it's, it's as, as usual, um, the queen of saucy is spot on. And um, it's interesting that this is, you know, the rise of awareness that the fashion industry is actually an, in, an incredibly huge polluter, uh, a contributor, um, is, is very much a revelation to uh, some people, but... To your point, Bernita, 
uh, those in, in the Gen Z uh, and beyond, and uh, to, uh, even to uh, the millennials, uh, they're becoming much more aware of it. The term fast fashion, uh, speaking of evil, is being starting to be viewed more and more as uh, a significant problem. And so the Uniqlo's, the Zara's, the H&M's, <clears throat> maybe to a lesser extent, the Target's, um, you know, are all in that bullseye. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Now, at the very same time, Vernita, you're well aware of the fact that uh, they've also a little similar to what you're talking about with fashion week and opening up via live stream so that more people can access it. And as, uh, as Alexander was alluding to as well, but isn't it interesting how many more of these, uh, before I, I wouldn't say necessarily couture brands, but couture or near couture brands are showing up and starting to do things, strategic alliances with people like target and H and M. Um, and, it's just, it's really interesting what's going on in that side of the world. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see where it goes, because I think a lot of uh, Gen Z's maybe don't care as much about what the generation before, two generations before cared about with respect to fashion. They look at it different, differently, like many things in that generation. And they look at things from a, from a perspective of functionality and in terms of, is it uh, good for the world? Is it kind for the world? Is it sustainable? And they look at it from a, a socially responsible perspective that we didn't necessarily look at before. Definitely, um, Bernita speaking, I, I would concur um, that good design will never go out of style. I mean, at the end of the day, I think good design, how something feels, how it fits, it's going to always be important. But just as important on an equal or even higher playing field is the sustainability piece. I think there, it, there's a lot of generations coming behind where the design in and of itself is not good enough. It has to be, it has to be combined with an ethical, uh, sustainable and, uh, component to it. And then I think we, we're just going to see a lot of change continue to happen. All those fast fashion brands that you mentioned, like, the H&M's and the Zara's, they're now being held accountable, but they're not being held accountable by the industry. They're being held accountable by their consumer. And at the end of the day, if you're going to be in business, if, if no one's buying, then it usually becomes motivation for you to do things differently. Bernita. And I think that's a great point, Bernita. This is Kelsey speaking, um, <clears throat> that with these new accessibility points, because of social media, it's going to allow the people to speak up more about sustainability and that it's a passion for them and it's something that they want to see change in. So you're going to see a total shift in you know, what people are gravitating towards, what people will pay more for with the knowledge base. I mean, you put a pair of Toms and you put a pair of Converse's next to each other, if they look the same and they're the same price point, People of our generation are going to go for the Toms because they know that Toms is buy a shoe, give a shoe, right? They're doing something better for the world. And that's absolutely the mindset. So I think it's great that these social media platforms are bringing people in and allowing them to not only have that increased visibility and accessibility, but also be able to speak their voice and be able to push 
their wants forward for the world. So I think this is an amazing conversation. Don't go anywhere yet. We still have more things to chat about when it comes to community, but I just want to do a quick reset. So just let everyone know that you are in the Breakfast with Champions, the Millionaire Breakfast Club. This is the social media show. We take over the stage Monday through Friday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. And did you know that we are not just on Clubhouse? We have the Breakfast with Champions podcast, the Breakfast with Champions pages on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. And we want to be there for you wherever you are. So whatever platform you're on, we want to link up with you there. So what I want you to do is go to Breakfast with Champions champions club or go to the breakfast with champions up in the corner over there and you can scroll down to that instagram or just go to breakfast with champions club on instagram click the link in our bio and from there you can follow us anywhere you are on social medias to stay connected and make sure that you never miss a segment a tip a trick an insightful thought we want you to be there so we're going to jump into some more community-based uh, discussion because Twitter is hopping on the bandwagon as well. So would love for you to hit that plus sign on the bottom right, get some more people in here to join the conversation. So Twitter announces that they are doing a new group-like feature called, drumroll please, Communities. So they announced on Wednesday that it's testing a new feature called Communities, and that will allow people to talk about specific topics uh, with one another that share the same interests. So the people who join community will tweet specifically to others within that community as opposed to just their followers. So this is super important if you're in a niche market or you're looking to break into a certain market um, of similar interest, you can actually tweet out to the people that are in that community or that group, not just your follower base. So it is going to be similar to Facebook groups or Discord service or Reddit subreddits. Anybody who uses that, you will be uh, semi-familiar on the functionality of communities. Um, the difference between Twitter communities and these other platforms is that every tweet that you put within that community is going to be public. So even if you are not part of that community, you can be an outside looking in on the conversations that are happening. Uh, unfortunately, that will be the case for Android users. It's only being rolled out to iOS right now, Apple iOS users, um, but Android will be able to read the tweets in communities. And for the first launch, they're actually having communities that are focused on dogs, weather, sneakers, skincare, and astrology. So those are the first five communities that are going to be launched. Uh, Twitter is going to be responsible for creating the communities off the bat. And then eventually they're going to roll it out to specific users who are going to be able to create their own communities, obviously within the guidelines that they set forth. So we've had a huge conversation about community, about what it means and about what it means on social, especially considering what has happened the last year and a half. So would love to hear what people think about Twitter jumping in on communities. What does it mean that they're not private, that they're going to be open to everyone? Um, do you think this is a good idea? Is this a, a place that you may look to gravitate to once again, 
test that temperature of your market to understand what's going on within your marketplace and what your target audience is looking for? Or is this just another thing that is going to flop? Would love to hear some input. Hey, Kelsey. Is that my man, Kwani? It's your man's Kwani Burks. Hey, Kwani. Go ahead. <laughs> what's up? What's up? You know what? Um, I think now in the information and, and uh, social media age that we're living in, where people have access to information and can instantly become a celebrity or a influencer based off an opinion that resonate with a lot of people. I think us as leaders, our, our roles are more important now because of the personal development that we put ourselves through and we know how to curate emotions and you know, dialects and content and um, pretty much read the room or read the situation to better get a, a, a more efficient answer or a more efficient response or a direction. So because because a lot of people that you don't want to say what they want to say or do what they want to do or whatever because of the information they have access to or misinformation, some people just read headlines and then they make a post, you know, going somebody and and as a leader you have to look at it like okay let's fact check this stuff let's just cross reference a few things and then you know you kind of got to curate your tribe like i know you're emotional right now i know you want to talk about this but first you know let this information that's presented you know let me let me kind of check it out let, let us check it out and let's figure something out and let's put out something that's ethical and um, so I think us as leaders now, instead of, you know, not liking what's going on or even with cancel culture, I, I, I honestly, because you have the platforms now to cancel things quicker and, and be a voice faster, I think as a leader, we have to be like, okay, wait a minute, calm down, let's, let's, let's do this real quick and kind of guide the people because not everybody is a leader that's going to just lash out and say something or have this platform of voice so i think biggest leaders now is the time that we can even be better leaders and we don't have to shy away from anything so i like everything that's going on with social media world and as leaders we figure things out and um we create opportunity when we figure things out and when we don't complain so Kwani burke somebody take the mic before i drop it Thank you, Kwani. Yeah, you know, I I just love the sense of community that is being built. And I think it's interesting that Twitter is <clears throat> pushing this after they just released their super fans, which is the way that you can actually monetize on uh, Twitter, allowing people to subscribe to your tweets. So, you know, they see somebody who's building a following and now it's looking, I think Twitter is looking for places to cross promote that following because if they can get more people to get someone to subscribe as a super fan so let's say that i have this massive following on twitter i have the super fan subscription and now twitter is making money i'm making money i'm going to want to spend more time on that app if i can then push people over to communities to broaden my um my audience i'm 
one, probably going to get more people to subscribe to my $2.99, $4.99, $9.99, whatever it is, subscription for super fans. But anybody else who's a super fan who's also in that community is going to be open to my audience base. So I definitely see this as a play for Twitter to push that monetization feature for them to try to get more money, but also to try to push more people to stay on their app so they can continue to make more money, which obviously trickles down. So would love for one or two people to uh, weigh in on that. And if nobody wants to, I'll just move on to the next one. So Twitter has community. So uh, next up, Instagram and Facebook talk about the verification. So everybody wants that little blue check mark, right? So first off, they came out and saying part of their ongoing um, equity work, they have revisited what it actually takes to get verified. So I will give you exactly what they came out with saying that you need in order to get that little blue check mark next to your account. So first off, your account must represent a real person that's registered to a business or an entity. That makes sense, right? Your account must be the unique presence of a person or business it represents. So whether you are Chanel or David Spizak, you have to be unique in your presence. They also say that notable entities such as pets or publications are also uh, eligible. So the New York Times is eligible. Or, you know, if Alexander's dog starts to go viral, he can make his dog um, a verified account. You can also only one account per person or I business. Claim it. <laughs> um, only one account per person or business may be verified. So you can't have multiple Brooke J. Lacey accounts verified. That's the whole point of verification is to show that this person is real. This is the actual Brooke J. Lacey as opposed to the imposters. Um, so only one account can be verified with exceptions for language specific accounts. So if you have um, one account in English and then you have another account in Spanish, you can have both verified. Uh, in addition to that, your account must be public and have a bio, a profile photo, and at least one post. So if Glenn Lundy didn't have an Instagram and all of a sudden he made an Instagram and he had his bio, his profile, and at least one post up there, we could try to get him verified. Uh, and finally, your account must be represented as well-known, highly searched for brand or entity. So they wanna make sure that a lot of people are either looking for your hashtag, looking for your name specifically. In addition to that, they say that they verify accounts that are featured in multiple news sources and that they don't consider paid or promotional content as news sources. So if you have uh, multiple publications that have written about you, if you've had interviews, um, those will actually count. And they've made it much easier to request verification via your Instagram app. Uh, if you wanna know how, you can go ahead and DM me on Instagram. I don't really check my DMs on this app, I'll be honest. Um, but anyway, they have, so this is the same across both Instagram and Facebook, and they've recently expanded 
the list of news sources that they consider uh, credible for this um, verification process. And they did this because they wanted to include more diverse outlets. So those from additional to Black, LGBTQ+, Latinx media, all of those um, and other outlets from around the world, they wanted to include include those in viable news sources. So just in case anybody was interested in getting verified or how to get verified, Instagram and Facebook came out and said, this is what the criteria is in order to get verified. Um, and you wanna make sure that you are getting up on that. So uh, with that being said, I would love to hear to get verified or not to get verified. That is the question that I pose to my panelists. What do you think? Do you, does it matter if you're verified or not? This is Alexander. I think it 1000% matters if you're verified or not. I think that if you utilize social media as a tool for your business and having a certain level of, um, you know, notoriety, but also like integrity and also people like, okay, this guy's legit. Let's face it. When we meet people, most often than not, the first thing we do is we look them up on socials. And if you see that blue check mark, you're going to think a little bit, you know, positively of that person immediately. And so uh, I think that it's great for business. I think that it can actually also talking about the DMs. We always say in here that the magic happens in the DMs. Fortune is in the follow up has to all happen in the DMs. If you're verified, you're like nine times more likely to have your DMs be seen than if you aren't. And if you guys already know the way that your requested DMs are set up, you they actually automatically pick certain accounts as your top requests. And if someone is verified, they always are in that top request. Sorry, I didn't know if we lost you, Alexander. No, sorry, uh, did you hear that last part about the DMs? I think, I think you dropped off just after that. Okay, yeah, so if you're verified, you go into the top, the, the, the requested DM, sorry, I had a phone call come in. Um, the requested DMs, it shows like a, um, excuse me, a, there's all requests and top requests. And if you're verified, you automatically go to top requests, making you way more likely to be seen. And like I said earlier, the magic happens in the DMs. Kelsey, back to you. Thank you, Alexander. I totally agree that if somebody, if I look at someone's account and they have that little blue check mark, I'm like, oh, okay, this person did something, right? Uh, does anybody else want to weigh in on that? Hey, yeah, Kwani, yeah we'll that? go Quani uh, and then Brooke. Oh, Brooke can go before me. Okay, we'll go Brooke then Quani. <laughs> Thanks, Quani. Um, I'm driving, so sorry if I cut out. But um, I, you know, I've gone back and forth about this because people have asked, you know, why I'm not verified on TikTok because I have like a, it's a, it's a thing with like media coverage and. I've gone over back and forth about this because I have a lot of media coverage here in Boise, Idaho, but they need, you know, national coverage. And it's just kind of like this giant process. I will tell you also, because I work with somebody who um, has gotten people verified on TikTok that um, for like your name. So I'm in the process of incorporating the name Brooke J. Lacey as a brand. Um, unless you are, and so there's, there's, 
a trick to it because you do have to be associated with, um, either, like Kelsey said, a company or a public figure. So because I'm not, you know, an on-air personality, which that in itself shows that you are who you are, um, I don't know if that makes sense, you have to make sure that your personal brand is attached to your personal brand, you know, incorporation. Don't make it an LLC. It has to be incorporated. Um, but yeah, I've gone back and forth. Like, is it really important? Is it not? I've known a lot of people on TikTok where they go on and they automatically get verified because of whatever reason. And they kind of get less attention because people are like, why are you verified? You only have 5,000 followers. So you know, I don't know if that's a thing much anymore. And I can really only speak to TikTok. Um, I know with, obviously with Instagram, it's much harder. And I have a friend, um, well, somebody on, on here that's really struggled with getting verified and she's, uh, she should be. So it's kind of like, yeah, should. The, yeah you know what I'm talking about. Um, mm -hmm. It's just like, it's just back and forth. Like, what is it really there for? But yes, Alexander is so right. Um, I think Amir used to talk about this, that you will get um, pushed to the top of, of DMs. So, you know, there's definitely something to it. Um, but I also kind of feel like if you can't, if you're struggling getting verified, just make sure your name is everywhere and your face is everywhere. And you, you know, because I have a, that, that happened last week with TikTok and I'm going to talk about it um in a little while, but I had a bunch of accounts, um, like make fake accounts with my picture and name and all of that. So it would be beneficial to be verified so that that doesn't happen. Um, hope that helps. Awesome. Thank you, Brooke. Go ahead, Kwani. So, hey, what's up, everybody? It's Kwani Brooks again. Um, I mean, of course it matters because we have take we have chosen to take the call of our passion and, and guide people that wanna also aspire to do this or I mean even what do they say? You wanna be something or do something, help people be that and help people do that. So whether we're all verified or not, that's our goal because if we're verified we can do more. And that's all that we want to do. So if a verification means that I get to do more, I get to bleed out passion more, I get to show others how to walk into their purpose or find their purpose, and a, and a blue check is going to help me do that, I'm game, game on. How, how do I do it? So I think it's important because if you really want to touch more people, and, and no pun intended, um, reach out to people and help them walk into their passion, you're going to have to increase your reach, increase your, your platform. My cousin, my cousin told me a month ago, he told me I was a platform and it, it hit home with me because people reach out to me for anything now, even if it's nothing that I don't even do. It's just that they look at me as a platform insight in mind, just like the saying out of sight, out of mind, insight in mind. I know when, all these hundreds of, um, I don't know what they do. They, they, they say they're, they can make you have a hundred followers and a few days reach out to me. I'm going to their page and I'm checking them out. And they, some of them got like three followers. I'm like, who <laughs> you got three followers. Like, I don't, you know, and it, and it's, 
I'm not going to say it's, it's crappy that I look at it like that. I'm checking the receipts. Like, I need to know who have you actually helped. Is this just a burner account? Like, I need to know these. And, and that helps with me being comfortable with accepting your services <laughs> or your outreach. So I think it's important. I think it's essential. Kwani Burks, I'm done for now. Thank you, Kwani. Yeah, I mean, I think at the end of the day, we would all love to have that verification, that check mark. But also, just like Kwani said, I think what really matters is showing up and showing those receipts. And if you have a product, if you have a service, showing that that is effective. Um, but yeah, great conversation so far. Thank you, everybody. If you are learning anything from this room today, just imagine how much you would gain if you came and met us in person. And you should do that in Lexington, Kentucky, November 5th through 7th for the Grow Your Business for God's Sake conference. We are going to be celebrating Glenn Lundy with his 100th episode of Hashtag Rise and Grind, featuring all of your Breakfast with Champions favorites, like Spearheaded by Tamara, who we all know is on the lookout for your Hashtag 67 Day Challenge check-ins. If you don't know what that is, go ahead and start your 67 day challenge today if you haven't started already. But if you're one of the more than 900 people in the community doing the challenge, we're so proud of you. And if you haven't started yet, it's not too late. Go to breakfastwithchampions.live for the link and you can sign up now. So the 67 day challenge when you started it is going to actually land right on that November 5th mark. But if you haven't started it, get on over there, breakfastwithchampions.live and sign up for that. Now we hope to see you in Kentucky. So with that being said, I have about two more things before I pass it off to the amazing Brooke J. Lacey. So just a little insight for anybody who is on TikTok, uh, the recent trends, if anybody does the songs, and I know that we talked about um, using music with Sue during TikTok Tuesday. The trending song presently on TikTok is Like I Can by Sam Smith. And one of the things that that is being paired with is the quote unquote hot effect that TikTok is talking about, which is the freeze frame. So freeze frame photo lets creators stop a video in black and white, revealing a steely or endearing expression is what TikTok actually says. So people are conjoining the two of like I can, um, the main verse being love, nobody can love you like I can. And they are doing it with their pets, their loved ones, their friends, their bottles of wine. Um, they are putting that song behind it and doing the freeze frame effect. So if anybody is looking to hop on the viral bandwagon, I suggest you pop on those two, that effect and that song. Sue is then going to do a tutorial on how to do it, and it's going to be great. I'm just kidding. Sue doesn't have to, but I think she did. Um, but, yeah, so I think that's two of the things um, that are trending right now on TikTok, just so everybody knows. And... Another thing that we discuss beyond do I use um, music, do I not use music, is to remove the logo or not to remove the logo. Well, Instagram has officially announced, we knew this was coming, to remove the logo. So they have said, they've come out with the do's and don'ts of reels. First off, they said if a reel is blurry due to low resolution, 
Uh, don't if it has a majority of the image covered by text. So we've seen a lot of those reels that just have text all over the place. They are actually saying, don't do that. Um, only have clear, small text. Um, if it's uploaded with a border around it, that's not good. They actually want you to fill up the entire frame of the reel and is visibly recycled from other apps, i.e. contains logos or watermarks. So, <clears throat> excuse me, Instagram came out and said, these types of reels won't be recommended as often to people who don't yet follow you in places like the Reels tab, but will be shown the way they always have been to your followers. So in your feed and in on your profile, as long as they meet our community guidelines. So it's not necessarily that your reels will not be shown. They will be shown to your community, but they will not, <clears throat> sorry, they will not be shown to people who don't already follow you. And, you know, we want to build that online presence. So you want to make sure that you are, in fact, completely removing all watermarks from your reels. If you are repurposing them from TikTok, that means the logo that's in the left corner, the, the one that's on top that says TikTok at blah, 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 Brooke J. Lacey, um, whatever it is, you want to make sure that you are removing those. So um, that is my last little tip. Uh, we already talked about TikTok hopping into events and they're actually um this i lied this is not my last tip this is my last tip um so tiktok is actually pairing up with the vmas which is interesting because we do talk about whether to use music in your tiktok or whether to use your own audio well with this pairing up with the vmas tiktok is really pushing forward that they are going to be music and entertainment based so you can actually vote. There's, um, there is part of the VMAs, which is trending, um, semicolon VMAs, which is a new collection of awards that are going to be voted on by fans exclusively on TikTok. Um, and that aims to celebrate the creators and artists that are driving music on that platform. The head of content partnerships at TikTok, Brian Yosin, I don't know, I probably butchered his last name. Um, <clears throat> he said the VMAs have been a mainstay in the world of music and this partnership around their 40th anniversary recognizes TikTok as an enduring source of entertainment where culture and community intersect. So with that being said, uh, I would love to have one or two people chime in on what they think this means. Do you see them TikTok pushing more of the music-based platform now that this is happening? Or do you think this is just a strategic partnership? Anybody have any thoughts? No thoughts. I wish I, that I did have thoughts on it, but I, you know, I don't necessarily keep up with um, the trends and that type of thing. But I, I like the way that TikTok does their, I don't know, the partnerships and they bring in what's relevant, what's going on. And it's not just to, um, you know, be doing the, the newest, greatest things. Um, but it's, it's really like for the community. So I don't know, other social media apps, like I was going to say earlier with Facebook, it's, I feel like Facebook's like scrambling, you know, to do all of the things that everybody else is, or, Oh, what should we do now? Gaming, you know, <laughs> that's just my opinion. But, um, but TikTok, I just, I like how they sort of operate their, um, 
their partnerships. I'll be ready in like two minutes, Kels. Hey, Kels. I got a thought on this real quick. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, I think it goes back to the conversation we had earlier. I think I look at horizontal and vertical integrations. And if you look at, you know, say the VMAs and TikTok and you look at the integrations of audiences, say on a horizontal level, you know, they could both survive without each other, but they're better together, right? And I do think that's how we look at partnerships of the future as well is, you know, maybe our businesses aren't in the same skew, but they may speak to similar audiences. So aligning themselves with platforms that are quick and fast and, you know, providing less barriers of entry to the creators and the community that is absorbing the content. I think that's super, super smart. I think it's removing friction right across all platforms. And if you can be a company or the companies that are removing the friction are the ones that are going to win at the end of the day. Yeah, I totally agree. Justin, Sue, I saw you on Mike. Did you want to chime in? Yeah. Hi, Kelsey. Hey, it's Sue Zimmerman. So I just, I just want to say I love music, and so I definitely, you know, on TikTok, I, I use my voice, and I really made a point of uh, getting people to know me for my voice and what I had to say, but I always love what is done with music on TikTok, so I think anytime they're advancing with that and they're partnering with somebody big, then I think that's a good thing, so I don't know if that necessarily means that that's the way they're headed and there's no room for audio without music because I, I, yeah, I don't know about that. I still think there's room for lots of different types of video, whether, whether they have music or not. Yeah. I think that's interesting, Sue, especially because even though they are an entertainment based platform, we did see this past year, the shift towards educational, right. And those different videos that, um, did you know hashtag learned on TikTok and things like that? But I, they do also want to stay uh, appealing and entertaining, right? We have uh, even in this show in Breakfast with Champions, we have some entertaining um, segments, and then we have tech segments that are tactical and segments that are educational. So I think uh, that that's super interesting. But I also think that the 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 partnership with the VMAs is a strategic play on TikTok's sense to get more artists to release their uh, audio on their app. And this is the way that I'm seeing it as you know, more popular songs, more artists coming over because that allows them to be open to potentially getting voted on for this new VMA. Uh, Tash, I saw you fl uh, flashing, so go ahead, love. Yes, Kelsey, thank you, you're right. <laughs> That's the uh, British way of saying, how are you? So, yeah, you're all right. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, this particular, I don't use TikTok. I think like Brooke, I think it's Brooke who said doesn't look, she doesn't use TikTok. However, I actually knew about TikTok before I got onto the platform, simply because of the music videos. Um, the different challenges, rather. It started with the challenges, and, and we know how very effective the, the challenges have been. The I mean, I think flip the switch challenges. I can't think from the top of my head. Some of them um, wipe it down, or the, there was another one which was <laughs> very um, a sexy challenge, whatnot. It was just it's It was crazy, absolutely crazy. I think it went uh, ridiculously crazy. It moved from TikTok and all the way to obviously Instagram, um, and that's how I, I managed to know about the TikTok pla uh, platform. So 
the the way I look at it, because I watch music videos from um, across the board, and I tend to also watch music videos from my country. So I follow some of our artists from from Africa, and I've noticed actually the way they do their music videos has been um, um, TikTok has actually affected the way they do their music videos. Because in fact, when I watch a new song that's come up, I, I sit down and watch it. I'm thinking, ah. I can see that choreography there being a challenge and it's all because of TikTok. Yeah, yeah. so it has um, made so much sense for them to get into partnership with the, um, uh, the VMAs and, and to change the whole course of um, you know, artists doing their music videos and their whole music for, um, as a whole because they tend to have a certain hashtag um, that trends. I know a few hashtags are trends, they have trended rather, from a particular music video uh, of an artist and they tend to use their, um, so this is how I know it works on their Instagram platform. So they use that hashtag and they encourage the their fans to use the hashtags and they pick certain fans um, and they will display the particular video on the particular artist's um, uh, platform on Instagram. And that obviously encourages the fans to keep doing the videos with the hashtags. And yeah, so it's a, it's a very uh, nice way of marketing themselves. So yes, I, I, I think it's uh, what you said makes so much sense. So thank you, I just thought I should share that. Thank you. Thank you for your share, Tosh. And with that being said, that wraps up my hour of the social media show. Thank you so much for everyone who listened in and contributed. Appreciate all of you. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.